This is Pod With Me, and I'm Alex J. Aguiar. You're not going to regret pressing play, I, I promise. Ready. Thousands all around the world move to his energetic, progressive, tribal, and tech house sounds, which he adds all the new school vocals that ignite anyone on the dance floor. Ah, but 2020 has put a stop to the music. It's superstar DJ and producer Guy Scheidman, who's here to tell us all about it. Get ready, because the pod starts now. Most of the reason that I think the parties that did those uh, live streams and stopped is because donation went down and down and down every weekend. I see so many people that put so much music out there. I want to sound like I'm rude or hateful. It's not in that good quality. And I practiced every day for six hours for months and months and months. It wasn't like today that after one month people play Mixed CD and they're, they're, they're hot and beautiful and they, they're a DJ. Right. For those who don't know who Peter Ruffer is, can you let them know? Google him. Let's go! Roll sound. Alright everybody, I'm very excited to have here DJ guys. I can never say your last name really. Is, can you say it for me? Shyman. Shyman. Or Shyman or Shyman. It's whatever. It's, it's, it's either way. But Shyman is good. Shyman. Okay, Shyman is good. Shyman. Okay, great. Those of you who don't know, he's been he's been DJing all around the world, major parties, nonstop traveling, and all of a sudden here comes this horrific thing. What was going through your minds when you saw that gatherings can't happen anymore? Well, for me, it was even uh, it, it was even worse because me and my husband, Jeff, my husband lives in Denver. I'm, I'm also living in Denver, but doing back and forth because here I can actually work in another. Um, I have my studio and I can do some other stuff. So I'm doing back and forth right now in the U.S. But I was supposed to actually move to the States after I got my green card in last November. At the beginning, it was very stressful because you went into a place of uncertainty, um, what's gonna happen and you know, nobody, knew, nobody knows or nobody knew how long it's gonna be, when it's gonna be the vaccine. So we all went into this frenzic of live streaming and donations and making music and trying to live off, um, off, off sales and, and streams and you know, Hydra did their thing and, and all those big parties did those live streams and events and all that. And how, but, how, how let me ask you, how, how's that going? How, uh, I mean, obviously it's not going to be the same amount of money that you would make if you would be traveling, but uh, all in all, do you think people uh, that go dancing, that like to go dancing, obviously it's not the same, but do you think they participate still? Most of the reason that I think the parties that did those uh, live streams and stopped is because donation went down and down and down every weekend. Because you can't expect people to donate money every single week. Some people go live on Twitch every day. I know that Chris Cox do it like, and he's actually making money, some money from his fans. But he's like in the studio all day going live every single day. So it's, it's all a matter about your fan base. And since my fan base is like all over the world, it's spread. And to get them all in the same time zone um, every day, I'm guessing it's pretty hard. So I did, uh, I did get some donations and I did get some, some of my exclusive stuff on Ben page and on my website and 
but it's not it's not the same it can't be the same and um so right now i'm basically like using savings and i'm working also i'm i'm also a physical therapist if you don't know that's okay. like that was the that's that's another job that I'm doing and I kind of kept it like on the side since I was touring and I couldn't do it and I was doing the music. So now I'm basically, once I'm grounded here, I'm doing more like um, private um, patients and stuff like that. So it's like high tire patients. So it's it's basically um, helping out with um, with all the expenses. But I'm, I'm just, you know, keeping the music alive, keeping the business alive. Releasing. Uh, us, I mean, uh, I, I, I know we're going to come back to, you know, it's all going to come back. Eventually we will, but I, I'm guessing like from what I, from all the knowledge that I have right now, it's going to be until next year. I don't know if it's going to be um, January, February, March. I think people are talking in Tel Aviv around the clubs um, next um, March. If people just keep the rules and work with masks and keep their, um, I wouldn't say social distancing, like not going out, they don't have to stay at home, like the song that we did with Alan T. Yeah. But if they're just, but if they're just like, I think if people put the masks on and keep the hygiene, wash their hands, and you know, try to be as safe as possible the numbers will eventually go down. And, All right, back to music, exactly. back to music. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, you and I are not doctors. <laughs> no, we're not doctors. No, we're not doctors, <laughs> but I, I am, I am, I am so, some sort of, a, of, of a, in the medical profession, but you should put your mother's podcast about vitamins after you finish with mine. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> I did. My aunt, my aunt. My aunt. Yeah, your aunt. Your aunt. She was talking about the vitamins. So tell us where. Obviously, you were born in Israel, correct? I was born in Israel. Yeah. Tell me about your upbringing. How did you get into music? Well, I was always into music. I was like uh, um, always listening to like those classic '70s, '60s, '80s. Elton John, I had all the Madonna uh, CDs, all the Queen Band CDs, Elton John, uh, um, Disco. Uh, actually, during the 90s, uh, I used to listen to Guns N' Roses and Heavy Rock and all that. So I was like, my musical upbringing was like very wide. I used to do like, uh, I used to dance like Michael Jackson when I was a kid for, for the family. Like, the thriller jacket. I was doing the moves and everything. For your birthday, they didn't give you the, you know, I got the thriller jacket and I got the bad jacket. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> I didn't get those, but I got, I got a lot of gift for my parents anyway. <laughs> in, in my, on my birthday. But I would be, I would be like the family entertainer and, they're entertaining like for the kids at school for for a few years like imitating and singing and all that when was the first time that you felt that you or you you were interested in djing well actually one of my actually one of my friends uh mickey friedman he used to he started djing you know mickey friedman he's a he's a also a big dj in in europe in in the u.s Mm -hmm. um, and he told me that he just started DJing and I said, well, that's interesting. And we had a mutual friend that was a resident here in Tel Aviv and, uh, he gave me a few lessons and, uh, I just, you know, burned, I had a lot of CDs, uh, from circuit, Tel Aviv circuit and whatever back in the days of Fornissimo and all that. And I went to my local gym and that was when I was in uh, physical therapy school. 
And during the summer, I just practiced every day. We had like in the gym, like we had two turntables, two CDJ100, mixer. And I practiced every day for six hours for months and months and months. It wasn't like today that after one month, people play mix CD and they're, they're hot and beautiful and they, they're a DJ. Back in the days, I trained my ears. I did everything. And, and it was, it was a little color. bit more difficult because it was uh, record to record. It was a, a different uh, system than now. No, no, no. no, I, no I had CDs. Uh, we had, I had CDs, but, but I had CDs. But I, I, we had also a couple of turntables, and I, and I was like, okay, a DJ needs to know how to um, use turntables. They need to know how to mix vinyls. So I had a DJ friend, and I said to him, well. How does this work? And he was like, okay, you do one, two, three, four. And I went to Spain. I went to this like uh, cool vinyl shop in the Trueca area. Bought like 30 vinyls, brought them back, like Martine vinyls, all those stuff, like cool house and stuff. And just practiced for hours and hours and hours, training my ears, training my hands the way that it should be. And um, after, since I was a clubber back in the days and, and um, you know, I knew a lot of promoters here. I got my first um, DJ shot like in one of the parties here, DJing two or three times a week, um, most of the gay bars here. And after that, I went to clubs. And after a while, I said, okay, well, I want to spin abroad. And the only way to, I can spin abroad is that I can have my own music. I can't just spin other people's music. So I started to produce and I started working with sound engineers, learning the craft. I didn't go to music school or, um, you know, to learn how to produce, but I just saw how it, it was done. And after a few years, I started to do it myself and um, and put my stuff on uh, my on MySpace and before Facebook. And after that, I had my first release at Court Records, and I was on Beatport and all those stores, and that's it. And was was your family was your family supportive mm -hmm. when you were telling them you were DJing? No. <laughs> no. They, no. They said they said they said you need to be a physical therapist. You need to have a good job. You need to do this one, two, three, four, five. And I said, well, I want to combine. And for a while, I did. I was working during the day doing PT, then going to the studio and, and like working at night, hardly sleeping, going, DJing on Friday, uh, Friday night, because we party at Friday, not on Saturday here. Saturday morning, waking up, going with a soccer team, doing PT without sleep, and then going back. Like I, had, I was working like Sunday to Sunday. How long did it take you for you to start making money? It was a few years because the beginning you have to build your name. So you have to take lesser fees in order to travel. And you have to um, show that you're good enough. I mean, now there's a, like, I mean, I can see now that there's a trend of like DJs that been like two years DJs and they're asking sums that there's no way I could have gotten after being a DJ for two years. But those are like different times, you know, and different. I also played in Europe a lot, which the fees are also the, the way, way less than in, in the US. And so it's, it's like, it, it took some time. It took a few do years. Think, do you think it's more fulfilling that it takes a couple years because you earn it than getting it so fast in two years? I, I've, been doing the, I've been doing this since I was 23 and I'm 39. 
Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, uh, the what wh- whatever go go up fast, you know, it goes down super fast. Yeah. So it's like anything, you know, it's like even a doctor that finishes school, he doesn't become an expert like like after a year. He goes to the hospital, he kills himself and getting shitty pay for like a few years. And then he opens his practice and then he gets like private patients, like every, like any profession, you know, okay. it takes a while. So, yeah. so all those, all those artists that think that, you know, they're just gonna like, uh, Ed Sheridan, he was like, he was, he was like, uh, um, playing in street corners in London until he got discovered for years. So, and you know, you have to, you have to work hard and you have to invest a lot of time and, but, because nowadays everything is about instant and everything has to happen now. And that's why you see so many people that put so much music out there. I don't want to sound like I'm rude or hateful. It's not in that good quality. Yeah. It's, very easy to make, it's very easy to make music right now. It's not like back in the days when we have to synthesize everything. We have to work on each sound. I took classes with a, with a teacher, how to play the piano and everything. You know, I had to learn all the keys, all the music theory. Like today, you just have a software and they know what to do or they put a MIDI file and that's it. At the end of the day, it should be a balance. I think, I think like in any job, if you reach a certain level, if you have that much followers or, um, or you're, you're, you're well known, then you should get a certain fee. And promoters should respect that and pay that, you know? I think there was a big trend during the last years about um, stop using names. You saw I, ever since Peter Raffer um, passed away, mm-hmm. uh, you saw you saw besides Offer, like there was like hardly any names. Um, for those, I'm B- sorry, guy, I'm, guy, guy. For those who don't know who Peter Raffer is, can you let them know? Google him. <laughs> <laughs> like. I mean, Peter. I mean, Peter Raffer and Ofer Nissen. They were basically um, the, the amount of stories you will need like five hours on a podcast that I can. Yeah, no, but basically, well, just just so people know that they're very Peter. He was, he was he was he was one of the he he created the work party there and uh, the, the and the label, and uh, he had a major party in New York, and he was the basically uh, he wore, he brought Ofer Nissen, who was like the main DJ in Tel Aviv over there sorry the label was star 69 the work was the party and uh um, um and they were um for many many years probably the biggest name in the circuit world mm. and um obviously abel and 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 other people but it's like it was usually peter and and offer uh leading the um, and abel the majority. abel as well no abel as well yeah yeah abel abel and ralphie as well once Peter was gone, the nature of the party was not about the DJ. It was about the brand. Which so it was either we very or crazy to me. Or, well, it, it, I, I think from talking to some local DJs here, that he, so he told me it's like what he thinks is like it, it's, it's going to be like a cycle. So for a while, it was all about the brands and all about, you know, um, the parties. And, and less about the DJs. But I think after the virus is going to be over, I think it's going to be more about the music and hopefully promoters will have to draw the crowd and have, will have to find those artists that um, have 
their unique sound and and quality in their music and i think i think we should also remember who um took a break and just left the business for um three four five months and who was here and kept working and kept producing and kept doing lives uh and kept generating stuff um um to keep the the industry alive when it yeah, was not shut down i know but I do, think you that, think, do you think that those that left the industry were because they had no choice and they had to survive hey we all had to i was i was i was doing something uh, some things in the morning but i was still producing and still doing my lives i can tell you like 100% i wasn't making any money from those lives like uh, comparing to the amount of i had like buying all the gear getting all the setup uh investing in promotion uh, um buying all the softwares uh um getting the the webcam the special high digital high resolution blah 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 all this stuff that i had no idea how to use before because i was never doing that once i saw that the amount of effort and cost um is you either go uh, um break even or you know even less than that then it it's not worth it doing that, like that you should be, you should you should focus on quality than quantity who was it that you looked up to who was the DJs you liked as as time went on at the beginning well from the beginning now who do I, who have you admired all this time in in the circuit scene uh besides i i assume peter rohoffner is one of them and and optimism right Uh Peter Offer I was I was actually a friend with him until we had like a little fall out but I will keep that for the next uh <laughs> Oh come on <laughs> No yeah he, uh, what happened with Peter What happened with Peter No nothing happened with Peter he was like he thought we did a oh, both of us did um we did a remix for only the horses by by Caesar Circuit Caesar's sisters He basically blamed me for stealing his melody even though I submitted my remix 2 weeks before he even got the stamps to do his. I think back but and and after that he basically blocked me from everything. <gasps> like we used to be very we used to we used to be like yeah he blocked me on Facebook and never talked to me la la but we used to be very good friends and all that before that and we would share um our music and everything. But um I think I don't know if that was the that was that was already when he was starting to get sick or like whatever I don't know exactly but I, he was like there was a lot of stuff that he thought that were happening like around him that were just like in his head yeah. and I would never and I would never do that I would never steal anyone's melodies and if you listen to the remixes if you go online after we finish and you listen to my song and his song only the horses the, the official remixes you will see that there's nothing to it it's like there's no way nothing is even similar so i don't know what exactly was maybe he was upset that i was on the i was on the on the official one and not only him because mm-hmm. there was a, some sort of a competition but it's whatever i mean it, it was what it was but but um other people that i was like I admire i mean there's a lot of DJs that I admire and 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 I was brought up on like Offer and Junior and Tony Moran which he's a legend and I'm so happy that we're going to do a, so- a song together. And so, uh now that we've been all quarantined and stuff, 
I'm sure that you've had so much time to think about so many things. What have you learned the most out of this uh, whole lesson? I think the one thing that we should learn is that we always have to have a backup plan. And we can't put all of our eggs in the same basket. And um, I'm lucky that I didn't leave school and just to be a DJ. <laughs> that I have another profession. And um, no, 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 I'm just, I'm joking. Uh, what I can say is that um, that, was a, that was a good time to basically um, learn new stuff. You know, I was like, all those live streams and all the social media and everything that you need, how to do it. You know, I was just going through that and learning and watching a lot of uh, uh, YouTube tutorials and stuff like that, uh, focusing on my music. And, and there was like, um, there was so much hate and shade and stuff in our, in, on the network um, regarding why this one is doing this one and why this one is opening only fans and why this one is doing this. And, the one thing I think we should all learn that in time of need, we cannot judge anyone about, um, um, because no one is going to pay your rent. They can judge you like from here to the end of the universe, but it's like, who's going to pay your rent? Who's going to pay your bills? Who's going to support you? Only you. So whatever people need to do to survive and whatever they need to do uh, um, to keep them afloat until we're back to business, um, I think is perfectly fine. And, even myself, if I had some criticism about one person or another, I do apologize because at the end of the day, everybody needs to survive and need to uh, um, do what they... And, and, and that's it. Yeah, always think, have a backup plan. I always think, have a backup plan. Always learn something new to do on the side because if whatever you do, if you're working in nightlife and there's no more nightlife, you need to learn how to do something else. You just worry about you and you're going to be as better than ever because you are blocking your own stuff. You're, you're putting yourself in, you're getting in your own way of success by just focusing on other people. Be confident enough that you got what it takes and you're not intimidated. Um, uh, and I'm talking about everybody. I'm not talking about you. All of us have to work on it because everybody has that ego, every, different forms of ego. And we all have to focus on just us and do, be the best we can and, and form the best relationships we can with the promoters, with everybody. And that's, I, I believe that is the number one way to rise to the top. Eventually, we will find a way, promoters will find a way to, to open the parties either in capsules or outdoors and, or, um, you know, through glory holes and, and nightlife <laughs> <laughs> glory holes <laughs> <laughs> corona holes corona glory corona hole party uh, uh -huh. yeah um and i think i think it i think nightlife is going to come back it's going to be probably um a little bit different i think the live streams are what is going to be the first song to open up your set when we're back in that club what would it be uh, it will probably be one of the latest release that I will have prior to that event. Um, but that could be next March. So who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Are there a message yeah. you want to say to everybody in the industry? Wish everybody to be safe and well and, and just do whatever they can to survive. Everybody is in the same boat. And this is the time to um, stick together, unite, and, and be more supportive. 
and and that's it. Well, we're gonna get through this, and, and it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be rough, but it's it, we're gonna eventually pull through, and, and and that's it. Awesome. So so thank you so much. So just be patient. So so just be patient and be safe. That's it. I just thought of a commercial, but wait, there's more. <laughs> all right well guy thank you so much for uh for being on the pod and one more thing don't fall out that's a wrap for more pod with me you can go to alexjagio.com hey and don't forget to download our app ah, and if you love the 80s and all the retro stuff you're gonna love my new channel it's called back to retro on youtube check it out Thanks for listening, and remember, don't fall off the pod.